Welcome, folks, to another edition of RSF Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and today is February 15th, day after Valentine's Day, in fact. Um, so I don't really have much of much in terms of anecdotes to really drop today. Um, dog was sick when I got home. He made a mess around the house. Like I feel, I'd, I felt so bad for him. He's a little guy. If you ever, if you follow my Twitter or the, I'll I'll tweet it out from the R Street Fighter Twitter. Twitter account, but that little guy, he's got my heart. I had to, had to take care of him after I got home from work, and then, you know, but, you know, he comes first. He's first in my heart, and speaking of heart, Valentine's Day just happened, uh, and there were a couple Valentine's Day things going around the FGC, but one of my favorite things was posted by uh, Team Echo Fox, uh, a really uh, cute little, little two-and-a-half-minute video showing Momochi and Choco Blanca and talks about, they talk about how they met. Uh, they show off their arcade. Uh, it's, it's a fun little thing. Um, and if you want to get in the, in the spirit, in the mood, um, it's just really funny how she's very animated and Momochi lacks any and all animation for everything. Uh, that's like one of the, my favorite memes from the year that he won Evo, uh, Momochi losing Evo and it's a straight face Momochi Momochi winning Evo same face Momochi because the dude he would be great at poker he would be a fantastic poker player my goodness but a cute little thing I highly recommend watching this cute little thing uh, maybe sharing it uh, with your loved ones uh, on on this very special Valentine's Day week um, for those of you who celebrate Valentine's Day after actual Valentine's Day. That's like the financially responsible thing to do, actually, if you think about it. Because it's impossible to get any kind of reservations, and then when you do, they have the whole thing where it's like, they have a special menu, uh, and it's got a whole bunch of food on it that you've never heard of, or you don't want to eat at all. Um, and it's just not a fun experience. In my, to my knowledge, I haven't celebrated Valentine's Day in a very long time. My wife was the first person who, the first person that I had dated who didn't he wanted to celebrate my birthday over Valentine's Day. It was born the same day. Uh, and so I married her because I was like, cool, we don't have to celebrate this bullshit holiday. Rad. Uh, will you marry me? It didn't happen without expediency, and she will let you know for certain. Anyway, folks, uh, yeah, watch this uh, short little you know, two-minute thing on on their relationship in their little arcade. It's, it's a good time. Moving on, though. Uh, other stuff that we can talk about on the sub. By the way... I guess I didn't introduce the podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about what's been going on the front page of our Street Fighter. I mean, that did happen on the front page of, front page of our Street Fighter, but also it's something that happened in real life. Valentine's Day is very real, and it's not your friend. Uh, but this is the podcast where we talk about stuff that's been happening on our Street Fighter. You can probably hear me when I do that pen thing. I should put that down. Just stop fiddling with stuff when I do the podcast. Uh... And so we're going to go over uh, a whole bunch of things that stand out on the sub. Kind of a lot to talk about today, so I'm going to try and blaze through this. Uh, first thing to talk about, uh, our Street Fighter wants to congratulate Under Night In Birth EXE colon late bracket ST close bracket on a successful launch. Uh, and if you don't, if that sounded like some anime bullshit, that's because it is. Uh, Unist for short. Uh, Unist, Unist for short. Uh, it's a, it is an anime game. It's an anime fighter. However, uh, the neutral does feel like some older Street Fighter games, more like the what people have likened it to the Alpha series. 
but what I want to call out here with Unist is that it actually has a probably the best in-game fighting game tutorial that I have seen. Uh, Skullgirls is also very good. Killer Instincts is also very good. Guilty Gears is very good. But this one, even above that, I, th I think tops out pretty much. It takes all of the great things that those tutorials do and puts it all into one for their own game uh, and do a very good job explain uh, explaining things and showing you how to do it and then telling you how to do it and then making you do it, uh, which I think is a very good way to teach someone how to learn something. Uh, anyway, uh, if you want to support fighting games, I, or maybe if you're getting into fighting games, I would recommend picking this title up. Uh, it's for the PS4. It's not on PC yet. They haven't. I don't think they've announced the date of when it's on uh, PS4, but uh, it is in... just got... Uh, US and EU release uh, on PS4 if you own that console uh, and maybe if you want to learn some fighting games I would recommend checking that one out because there are things that, that translate you know when you sharpens up your, your tool set it's good to come into any fighting game with a, with a sharp tool set well, anyway that'll learn you how to play some fighting games and we want to send them a little congratulations there's and also if you want to learn anything else anything more about the game uh, there's currently two subreddits for that uh, that's R U N I B and R Undernight Inbirth. They're both pretty small communities. I will say that about this game uh, that both of those subreddits are just around 300 players, and it's probably the same. It's probably the same people across both subs. Honestly, uh, I don't know why it would be. I mean, I know why it would be split like it's split because it's so small. Not one really took off over the other. It's probably the same people. It's probably very similar things posted across both. Uh, and also, there's actually a good Discord for it to get matches. So if you are looking for matches, the Discord uh, that's linked in this thread is probably where you want to hit up. Uh, I won't read that out loud, but check for that link in the, in the comments or the description of this podcast, if however the hell you're listening to this thing. Anyway, moving on to some actual Street Fighter stuff. Before we get into the meat of today's topics, I just want to show some some pretty Vega, some pretty Vega compilations. Uh, it's all Vega perfects, uh, and of course he does some stuff that is like quote unquote not real, uh, but it also shows off some some cool Vega. I just like. Hmm, so I shared one last week, and I do this again because I like sharing. I like sharing content from characters that you don't see too often and who are not highlighted very often and don't really get a lot of high level tournament time. They don't really show up in top eights too often, uh, but it's fun. But it's also good to just learn, you know, what these characters are capable of. Maybe to look up some of the names that are here. Um, for example, Bolt Strike, uh, Grandmaster Rank Vega, uh, plays really well. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff you can learn from videos like this, and also it's the hype compilation. So check that one out. Next thing to talk about. A really great tutorial uh, posted by Brian F. Uh, goes on, so if you don't know who he is, uh, he's a very strong Balrog player. Uh, he runs a great stream, uh, he has a great YouTube channel, uh, and he basically has been, he has consistently put out Balrog, I've talked about him before in this podcast I know, because he's worth mentioning, uh, because he's one of the very few players who actually does this, is teach, 
he does a very good job of teaching people his character and he's character specific uh, i think that's important he's a smart guy too so going through all of his videos he basically shows you like here's the balrog mix-up here's where it starts here's how to defend against it and one of the things that happened in season three balrog is that he got extra pushback on his crush counter standing hard kick so what brian f says is well your typical combo is actually very difficult and you can walk forward in that space and get that crouching hard punch follow-up but the timing is so specific you'd really want to do is dash up but you can't do that unless you time a meaty standing hard kick hits your opponent meaty you get a little bit of extra frame advantage uh so that pushback and that reel back doesn't matter so much you can actually dash forward in and get that crouching hard punch follow-up in some cases i should say uh so if you play ball rug or if you want to be familiar with these certain setups uh, so that you don't get bopped and you don't eat that Balrog damage, uh, this would be a great video to watch. And also check out all of his other videos. I mean, there's only, uh, as of this posting, uh, just under 1,400 views of this video. I know there's more Balrog players than that out there. So you gotta learn this stuff, folks. I know there's a lot of people out there who hate Balrog. That might would, would benefit from watching this video. Anyway, I put it out there because it's good information. That's what we like to do on this podcast. You know what else is good information that we post on the sub every week, in fact? Uh, something that a lot of people might not know about or might not take advantage of. Uh, just by the way that you browse the, the subreddit. There's a little bit inside baseball, but usually these posts don't get a whole lot of upvotes. But there's a lot of information here. Uh, and it's the weekly character discussion, and it stays stickied for basically as long as we can, depending on uh, what's going on with tournament scenes, what's going on with the subreddit in general. We like to keep them up as long as we can. Uh, this week's is Chun-Li, uh, but because of that, when people see stickies, they typically don't tend to upvote them, which then doesn't push those posts to people who just browse our all. So if you're subscribed to the, uh, the subreddit, it probably won't show up on your regular feed unless you're taking a really long dump and like really scrolling down there, really down there in the, in the pages, like down on page 10, this might show up on the day that it's posted, but it stays up for a while and it stays up for a while because it accrues information over time. Now, so if you dig through here, you'll see a lot of tutorial videos posted. You'll see a lot of, uh, discussion being had on what, you know, how to beat certain characters, uh, and that's with across all of these, not just the one that's been posted this week. So if you play Chun-Li, or if you want to learn that matchup, or if you want to, if you're just curious about Chun-Li, or any character, in fact, because there's an archive of the character discussions uh, that you can dig through. In this, every post is, and we can check it out if you're watching the video feed. We'll scroll down here. There's basic tutorials, tips and tricks. Um, High-level people are listed, people that you might want to follow. Uh, or you know, find their matches on on CFN, uh, and then the character index is linked right there. So really, for any character, there's a history of this stuff, uh, and most of them are built out this exact same way. Uh, it's got all the information you need, all the discussion that you need in one place. Um, recommend checking that out. Uh, Quasimodox, Quasim, ugh, man, I just forget that it. He prefers it when you say Quasimodo X instead of Quasimodox. But I've been saying it that way. I've been like saying it wrong forever. 
but then I always do this thing where I correct myself out loud in front, just like I'm doing right now. Anyway, moving on. Shout out to Quasi. It's <laughs> a good post. Uh, he's been doing that for uh, quite some time now. It used to be Arma, but he has since quit. But no big deal because there's an archive of it on the subreddit in the wiki. Check it out. All right, now into some Street Fighter Five news. Uh, speaking of Chun Li, in fact, uh, moving on to Chun Li Tech to Chun Li News. Uh, this was posted on Capcom Unity that Chun Li is getting that June crossover costume, uh, same way that uh, Rashid had his beautiful Joe costume. You, know, you have to do your extra battles to get all the parts for it. Uh, and then once you have all the parts, you can then get the costume. It's kind of convoluted, and it's a pretty big fight money sink. I think that that's, that's like the real tricky thing about it. They're cool costumes, I'll say that much. I mean, I personally don't have any affinity towards June or the, the series that she's from, uh, which is Star Gladiator. I had to look it up. I'm just not familiar. I don't know, I ain't, I don't know enough about no animes or whatever the hell thing she's from. Uh, regardless, uh, you gotta buy, you gotta buy into the extra battle with the fight money for a chance to earn the part, and then after you get all the parts, then you can buy the costume. So, let's look at the schedule here. Ugh, man. <laughs> okay. Each time you attempt one of these challenges, you need to spend 2,500 fight money. So there's there's four challenges. So right there is ten thousand fight money. Right. That's like it's it's a lot of fight money in my opinion. If you're if you're saving up your fight money to buy characters for uh, season three, uh, I'm personally running out of ways to earn fight money. So I might actually have to spend more money on this this goddamn video game. Ooh, the Capcoms. I'm in the pocket of big Capcom. Ah, damn news. Nah, I don't really feel that way. It's. I see a lot of people arguing about this on the sub, and to me, it's it's one of those things where I remember when they announced that this game you'd only need to buy it once, and you can just unlock through earnable in-game currency. That system, for what it's worth. It may or may not be a little bit swayed in one direction to maybe want to make you forced to buy things with actual money. Uh, however, what I will say is that I've only ever bought this game one time. And I remember when they announced that at Evo in that slideshow, uh, Combo Fiend was like, you only gotta buy it one time. The whole room just exploded. They were like, hell yeah. And it's like, and it's crossover between all the versions of the game. We were like, yay, the community is all gonna bring together. And then the game actually came out and community splintered but that's neither you know there you know whatever it's release quality product <laughs> i'm hot about that one but anyway of this news june crossover costume uh they've set out the release dates for the extra battles that are coming so from right now to the 22nd so actually you know we've got a couple days for it uh, to get the first part then 22nd to the first then the first to the eighth and the eighth to the 15th so they got the whole month laid out for you for this June crossover. I wonder who the next one's going to be. Did they announced that yet? That'll probably be coming sometime early next month. Uh, next up on the docket, a uh, player that I like to point out uh, from time to time and quite often. He actually got some 
uh, he got some some praise from the Twitch overlords uh, because his overlay is godlike. Uh, if you like old wind, if you like some some capital A aesthetic, if you like some capital aesthetic, uh, Sheldon is the well Sheldon Twitching is the Twitch channel you want to follow. Uh, and he put out he clipped this big this big long video, it's thirty minute series. Well, it's one part of a longer series that he's calling the Philosophy of the Sharpening Stone which is a really good mysterious name for something. Uh, this is kind of like Zen in the art of motorcycle repair. Uh, it's kind of, it sounds kind of like that, but, and it's, it's good information. Uh, Sheldon, I've said this before. He's one of the smarter players that I've gotten to play with and talk to. Uh, he's been a regular on the, on the weekly tournaments, a uh, very strong player in general. So he's very, he's a very good player to learn from if you're trying to learn the game. Uh, or just trying to improve yourself, even if you're already good, listening to what he has to say and his ideas about the neutral and how to play the game and how to play fighting games in general uh, might open up your mind to new ideas. And new ideas are a good thing when it comes to fighting games. But uh, in this video, and I, this, is one of the, this is one of those videos, one of those tutorials where as soon as he started describing what he was describing, I got pissed off because I was jealous that I haven't written about this yet. It's one, it, it, there are things where that happens where I think, oh man, I'm, I got I'm mad that I didn't do this first. I got really pissed off because I was like, it's such a good idea. And it's something that I've, I've known about and think about and apply to my game. But uh, in, in short, he goes on to explain this for over the course of 30 minutes in depth. Uh, but in short, basically sets up how to set up with punish situations off of block strings and thinking about your block strings in terms of how far, how much pushback you get uh, or is achieved after a certain block string because it's more or less always the same. Uh, and as soon as he said, I was like, man, we have talked about this so much in so many fighting games, such a core concept of pushback being tied to frame data, being tied to entering and exiting the space that your opponent wants to occupy. It's it's one of those obvious things that I was kicking myself. So God damn it, Sheldon, you got to it first. I have to share this video because it's it is definitely worth a watch. And the whole series, uh, I haven't watched all of it yet. Uh, I've watched about two parts of it so far. Uh, it's a good series. I just like hearing the guy. I just like hearing the guy talk. Uh, it's one of those things where hearing his philosophies about fighting games. It's uh, it's refreshing to hear someone have some similar opinions as the ones that I might have. Uh, but regardless, I would recommend you guys check that one out as well. And the discussion that's in these in these posts is, as well is actually pretty pretty gripping. Okay, moving on to other discussions of neutral uh, is a article from Mago. Uh, translated by, oh gosh, who translated this? I'm going to kick myself if it's not listed here or if they don't list out who has done the translating. Shura. Translation by underscore S-H-U-U-R-A on Twitter. Uh, so congratulate or thank that guy for doing this because he translated the whole article and the whole article series as well. Uh, but Mago goes on to describe what is the neutral, what is with punishing, what is counterpoking, what is a poke in general. Uh, 
and of course Mago, one of the 2D gods. You have to give him props. Uh, and this is just another good article from him that might be a good intro to the game, might be a good way to start thinking about fighting games if you aren't already. Um, just in addition to that 30 minute video that you just checked out, I'm sure. You, you paused this video to go watch Sheldon's video, right? I know that you did that. I know you did that. So after you, after this, you should pause this and read this article because it's actually rather good. And I'm looking forward to more translations from, uh, I can't say it, uh, Shura, Shura, underscore Shura on Twitter. All right. And speaking of which, pun with punishing, uh, one of, this was pointed out to me by Hatson. Uh, it's somewhat, it, it's somewhat of a joke, uh, but it's not the shitpost of the week because I actually think that there's something to grip onto here. I think there's information to gleam. Uh, what the post is, is Abigail whiffing a big fat stand hard punch. That fist is out there. Well out, Jury is well out of range. She's not going to get hit by that stand hard punch. She's standing just about right at the edge of where that hitbox is going to be active. And as he whiffs it, she sees it, confirms that he's whiffed it. Presses a hard punch of her own. There's a lot of collision of of pixels, but there's no there's no hit. Why no hit? Uh, and this is one of those. I want to say this is kind of a broken thing about Abigail's stand hard punch. Uh, that the hurt box uh, is not tied to his model, but it retracts back quite a uh, quite a distance. Like right after those active frames are done, it doesn't doesn't hang out there very long at all. It's basically just being done of being active before she presses her button, and nothing. It's it's gone. It ghosts. It's out of there. It's like woo. It reels back into his his big body, uh, which a lot of people might be like, haha, you're doing a meme. This is ridiculous. But it actually points out knowing where hitboxes and hurtboxes are is useful information. Uh, I've said it before, but you can check out uh, SF5 Sim, SF5 Diff on online. This is That's the website if you look that up. Follow WYDD on Twitter and you can look at all this stuff frame by frame and see exactly when they're retracting. See what normals are easier to whiff punish than others. And in this instance, Jerry just doesn't have the range to, to catch him in recovery, even though he's still, he's got a lot of frames of recovery there still. He's still in recovery as that stand hard punch is, is reeling back, but uh, she doesn't have the range or the, or the startup on it to, to catch that big old fist bump. Well, to Jerry, it's a fist to toe bump. It's kind of an awkward turtle situation, but. Uh, the other reason why I, why I want to point this out is because there's actually some really good discussion uh, about hitboxes in in this in this game, uh, Abigail stand hard punch and Birdie stand hard punch are just really long and just the limbs disappear. It's Gonzo. Uh, it's good to be informed about that stuff and start thinking about the game in terms of if you're not a technical player, if you're not into the maths of it all, if you don't want to see inside the matrix, it could be somewhat enlightening to think of, oh, that's where I can actually hit them. I'll use this normal instead, or start planning around that, or you can test things out in, in training mode if you you like doing things the old-fashioned way. Uh, there's things you can do to think about things a different way, but also you just 
complain to Capcom. Just send hashtag uh, fuck Abigail, I suppose. You don't want to be that lewd when when adding Street Fighter raw or adding Capcom. Maybe screw Abigail and then maybe take Abigail out on a date and then have a very nice pleasant date and then never return his calls all under one hashtag at Capcom maybe you do that maybe you don't but regardless good things to think about if you've never looked at hitboxes before okay next up speaking of hitboxes and setups in general uh Reich oh my god this is fantastic I loved it when Reich put out the and if any of you guys don't know about this uh, so he is kind of at least in my opinion pretty well known for making some dope ass spreadsheets he loves spreadsheets loves spreadsheets it's one of his top five things is spreadsheets and he made a fantastic spreadsheet earlier about like as soon as i think it was in season one even and i think he's, he's kept it up to date of ken's advantages on hit and on block when on all of his normals and specials when canceled into v skill and v trigger uh and it's a fantastic resource there are other ways to see that information now with um, uh, with F-A- FAT, uh, FAT and FAT Online. That information is there, but the rights was there before that and said, here's all of this information in Season 1, and he's kept it up to date. But in addition to that, look at this. It's all these setups. It's all these Ken setups off of basically any kind of run, run any kind of knockdown. Things that you might not even want to go for, but he's got it all listed because all of the information is there. Oh, it's fantastic. Are you in V-Trigger? He's got that set up for you. Uh, it's got all the normals that you have to whiff to be at that perfect range, be at that perfect timing to get that meaty. Uh, this is a pretty extensive list. This, oh, damn, this scrolls down for a long time. Uh, and it's all of it. So if you play Ken or want to know what could potentially be coming your way, uh, this could potentially be a good place to start because there's a lot of information here. Uh, and I just want to give big props to Reich who put this all together. I'm going to skip the next... Uh, I, was, I had a transition planned out uh, to talk about uh, Chris T and the Don't Play Ken movement or whatever. Uh, because there are things that I want to say about that. There's there's some truth to what he says, and there's some a lot of what people see, at least on Twitter and on the sub as well, of it just seeming like he's whining. But I want to give him a fair shake, and I want to have him on the show to maybe talk about, have back and forth about what he actually means, how those words have been misconstrued, uh, what is actually like wrong with Ken, uh, what could potentially be done to fix those things. Uh, we're going to talk about hitboxes and hurtboxes, all that good stuff. Uh, and maybe talk about what can be done. But I want, to have, I want to wait to have him on the show before we can actually get into it. I want to lampoon someone without their input first. I'm, I'm not that way. Um, and hopefully we can get that out. Maybe in the same time that we put the post of the bonus episode this past week. I think that's going to be the the timing of it depending on on schedules uh but he's got a nice baritone voice a little bit deeper than mine if you can believe it so that'll be prepare your buttholes folks it's gonna be brown note city all all up in this podcast so prepare well prepare for that okay just 
be, be prepared for that. Uh, but I want to give him a fair shake of it and just also have probably an extended conversation about Ken. Uh, probably have a conversation about what his plans are and what he plans on doing moving forward in Season 3. Talk about some characters. Ken and Zangief. Talk about some inconsistencies. Anyway, uh... I don't quite have... See, here's like the, the bad transition because we got some information before things were all cool, right? Is that the Street Fighter V OST, that situation dropped. And on it, in fact, was Blanca's theme and Falk's theme. Uh, Blanca's theme is some... Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's, it's got some, some dirty-ass bass on it. It's got some dirty bass. Try, it's one of those music things whenever I hear it, I go, Ooh, what kind of pedals did they use on that? Is that a woolly mammoth? It might be a woolly mammoth. Or Big Muff Pie on a bass. Hell yeah, I could be okay with that. Um, I like it a lot. I also am liking Blanco a lot, but I think that we can get into that. We're going to end the show with that one, because there's kind of a lot to talk about with Blanca. Even after 30 minutes into this goddamn show. Uh, Box theme, very good. Uh, also, Fox theme, not my cup of tea. It's more trance in in its origin, and I I'm just not a huge fan of trance. Probably because there's just so much bad trance out there that I've kind of condemned an entire genre of music to. I don't care about it. I shouldn't do that. That's not fair to trance. Um, People have said that like this kind of music, that it is a good theme. Uh, so I just going to trust their opinion on that and say, if you're into that kind of stuff, I think it sounds pretty good. Music in Street Fighter Five is pretty good. If any, if anything, Street Fighter Five has given us some pretty good music. Of course, they've given us Rashido, my favorite video, my favorite thing that has come out of Street Fighter. Well, that's it's kind of a joke, but also kind of not really. Is that Rashido video of the the lawnmower airplane taking off to Rashido? It's very good. It's, it can never be the shit post of the week because the sh it's the shit post of a lifetime, and there's no there's no award for that. That's just a honorary in your hearts and minds forever. Okay, enough about music. I'm gonna give a heads up to anyone out there who loves Super Turbo uh, and good tournaments in general. But Combo Breaker, uh, there was an announcement that Combo Breaker is getting a $500 pop bonus added to Super Turbo. Combo breaker this year. Uh, that's oh, that's gonna pick up on Mike, isn't it? I didn't mean to do that. It just came out. I apologize. That's gross. That's disgusting. Uh, combo breaker. Uh, May fifth through the twenty seventh uh, has been a great tournament for a number of years. Uh, it's likely gonna be a great time this year. Uh, that takes place in the Mega Center, Illinois. Uh, on May 25th through 27th, that's one of the uh, that's one of the tournaments that has a 24-hour venue, which is actually a really cool experience. You don't ever have to go back to your room. I recommend going back to your room at some point. Gotta wash up. Can't wear the same shirt three days in a row. That's disgusting. And also, that's you probably get real strung out playing Super Turbo for 
to get you straight. But regardless, uh, that's all there. Uh, open 24 hours. That's just a cool way to run an event. It actually takes a lot to run an event like that and to run things that way. Uh, so be kind to the folks who are running it as well if you plan on going. Uh, but they've got auctions, exhibitions, uh, vendors, cosplay, artist alley, and a whole bunch of stuff going there. So if you can find a way out to Combo Breaker, that's one of the... That tournament comes highly recommended. There's a lot of good stuff going on at Combo Breaker every year, and it seems that it's going to be true again this year. But also, reminder, $500 added to the Super Turbo Pop bonus, so maybe start practicing with your Osagat. Remember, you guys remember when sweeps were anti-ears? Ah, anyway. Okay. Next up, uh, kind of a slight departure. I just want to point this out because you know, maybe you're listening to this show and you're thinking, I like to watch esports. Uh, and this person is running a survey uh, to about people who watch sports, Street Fighter and other esports. Uh, it's just for higher education stuff. Uh, and it's good to have data and information like that. So I want to point this out just so it gets a little bit more airtime. A little bit more coverage. The link, again, will be shared in the comments of the video or the description of the podcasts in wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, I would recommend looking this one up. Maybe taking the, taking the survey. It'll only take a couple minutes. Uh, and that one is... It'll be saved under watching eSports uh, survey. Uh, and I'm just looking forward to what comes of that. Uh, that seems like an interesting topic. Um... And I want to get them the numbers that they can work with to have some good data. More more data. I want that big data. I'm in the pocket of big data. Uh, but speaking of big play... Uh, no, I really don't have a transition for this. I'm sorry. That one was hard to transition in and out of. And I'm going to point that out as a transition. I'm going to point my own follies out to transition into this next topic. Uh, which is Knuckle Doom. Uh... If you guys remember last year, he sponsored a handful of players to go out to Evo. Uh, was well, he had sponsored Tampa Bison. Unfortunately, Tampa Bison couldn't make it. Uh, Gunfight, uh, Shine, and Lucky D uh, were all given the opportunity to head out to Evo, and uh, basically, what he did was he saw a lot of influencers in that region and in other regions. He's from Florida, uh, from Florida, but then like in other regions such as like uh, Lucky D's from, you know, I don't know actually where he's from like the Northeast region. That's like Massachusetts area. I, I don't want to dox him right now, but it's in that, that particular, I don't know exactly which small state it is. It's one of the small ones. Uh, anyway, uh, regardless this year, do said, okay, that was a bit of a stretch last year. But what I'm going to do instead of that uh, this year, he's going to we're going to have a big tournament, uh, and the winner of that tournament uh, in Florida will be it's going to probably going to be someone who's actually like from Florida, so it's going to be like an in-house thing, supporting his own community. Uh, the winner of that tournament, it's going to Evo. So similar thing that he did last year, he's doing again this year, but for someone who's got to earn that spot, uh, and they'll get that flight to Evo. So. Big, uh, big thank you to Knuckle Dude for supporting his community and supporting his region in general. Uh, he's one of the very... I, I was almost going to say few, but there's a lot of people who engage with FGC philanthropy. 
in a lot of ways to support people who don't have the means and methods to get out to big events or means and methods to support even their own communities. Uh, he's one of the many people who, do, who does this, and he does it in a big way, uh, which is uh, which is great. It's loving and it's fantastic. Uh, so again, big thank you to Knuckledoo for doing big gestures of love for that for his own community, and it's great stuff. Looking forward to see who uh, who gets sponsored out there for that flight out to Evo. And I'm excited to see how they do this year. It's going to be a, I think it's going to be a weird season leading up to Evo. I'm looking, Evo World, I should say, not Evo Japan, because you got to make that distinction now. Anyway, uh, that covers basically all the topics of this week, except for one topic. One glaring the green, electrifying topic that we haven't talked about. That's right, folks. It's Blanca. He's in this game. We knew he was coming to the game, but we hadn't really seen much of what he could do. But the announcement came. He was teased um, from the Street Fighter Twitter. They've they've been doing that actually. If you haven't noticed it, they've changed their the icon to have some kind of background image that is indicative of what that character is like. Like for Sak Sakura, for example, it had the cherry blossom petals falling around the logo to say because you know Sakura flower leaf or whatever the hell. Uh, for Blanca, it was like all electrified or whatever and real good stuff. Uh, but anyway, uh, so this video was posted. Uh, the theme was playing. People were getting pumped. Uh, yeah, Blanca looks ridiculous. They show off his, uh, I did they show off in the video. I wonder we have, we haven't talked about that yet. Okay. They do show an image of it, but that the plushy Blanca meme that's been spreading like wildfire. It's kind of ridiculous, but we all saw this and as soon as it's, it was something that I had guessed like that day before. I think it was, the, yeah, it was that day before the, this trailer had dropped because people were getting, there's a little static electricity in the air. People felt this one coming on. It's one of those things where I was like, man, Blanca's going to come out and he's going to be like Omega Blanca from Street Fighter 4. And lo and behold, his moves list, uh, which I think is the next topic, and from what you saw in the video, was very similar to a lot of the stuff that he had in Omega mode. Everything, like everything but a teleport, he has. Uh, that upper, that juggles, the being able to juggle off of Blanca Ball and certain V triggers. Uh, that hop, the, the raid jump, which we're going to talk about that in a minute, but here it's all here listed out now on uh, on CFN. You can see uh, all of Blanca's moves list now, uh, and it basically confirmed what I had guessed was, you guys, I think we're going to get Omega Blanca. So in that sense, I mean, 2014, which is when, I think that was when Omega Mode came out, 2014 has said a lot about where things are in in 2018 and maybe look forward to what things may be like in the near future. Maybe take a look at what Omega Sagat has, for example. I don't know. I don't want to go that far, but it's been pretty spot on for a lot of different characters. Uh, they've really shown their hand in a lot of instances. My, one of my favorites is T-Hawk. Plays very much like Nikali, for example. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous, all these like similarities like that have hold over from 2014 to 
even today in 2018. Some people brought up some Darkstalker stuff, but who cares about that game? Financially speaking, no one or not enough people to fund another one, but sad story. Cry me a block of River Raid run. Amazon River run. Uh, anyway, uh, there's his move list. Recommend checking that one out to get into what he's capable of. But then there was a post. Again, made to Capcom Unity that dug into more so how these moves work. And there's some good backstory on Blanca here. It shows off the costumes. Um, actually, I'm looking now. Does it say exactly when he's going to be available? I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak out of turn of the day and date that he's going to come out. I actually don't think that it does. No, it doesn't say. Uh, shows the plushie, which has been a hell of a meme. But something I want to point out here. There's some cool stuff that they that is shown off in here, but this particular GIF that the people who are watching the video can look at. Uh, but it's the one, and it's in the it's in the trailer of Blanca doing the coward crouch, which is his V skill underneath Sakura's fireball. It looks like a level two fireball, and then doing the raid jump forward over top of it, and being able to punish it because she's still in recovery. He's ducking underneath the fireballs. It passes over him. Of a, le of a seemingly level two Sakura Hadoken. Ducks it. Does the air raid jump. And gets a full punish with the jump in combo. Think about that for a second. Let's do the math on this. That to me is a hell of a punish. Right? Because you think, okay. What I'm actually very curious of is when Blanca, when does Blanca gain the ability to duck under a projectile? Because if it's on frame one, think about this scenario. You're a projectile user. You're doing your block string. You cancel your block string into a Hudoken or your projectile, but it's not a true block string. Blanca V skill underneath of it. And then in your recovery is able to, uh, even shown in this video, I looked at the frame data for Sakura's uh, level 2 Hadoken. If he's jumping in like that, it's at least faster than 30 frames. It's got like 36 frames typical for her Hadoken on recovery. But you think he's got that arc and he's actually getting the... She's still in recovery after that. And the projectile is out there, so it's fast. It's coming out fast. Ducks under. So you're doing your block string. Not a true block string in a Hadoken. Blanca just mashes out a V skill, goes underneath your fireball, and gets a full jump in punish. A full jump in punish, and he gets V meter to his seemingly very good V triggers. They can do some damage and some massive stun, which we can, I can show off here in the next video I'm gonna share, which is the WSO. Winter State is on sessions uh, at Capcom UK. Uh, they did a whole rundown of most of all Blanca's moves. They talk about a lot of like, well, they talk about in generality what his frame data is, how fast his moves are. It doesn't look like he has a three frame normal. Four frames is probably his fastest, but electricity leaving him plus three on block. That seems dangerous. Uh, he looks like he has some dangerous stuff. Uh, v trigger one being able to get crazy amount of stun if he if he gets lift lifts you up with it it could be some damaging damaging stuff and to think from that clip showed earlier 
and even in the trailer, that he can coward crouch underneath your projectile block string and get a full jump and punish? For something that isn't really that unsafe to do? It's coward crouch? Like, a lot of players do this to punish projectiles. Like Zangief, for example, will will mash a, a lariat on reaction to Shoto block string because they think it's probably going to cancel into a into fireball, but you can do that on reaction. If you see him cancel it, you go, he's canceled it. Boom. All I gotta do is hit one button. And in this instance, it's basically one button. V-Skill's basically one button to confirm it, and then you hop out. Or you just, you get out by by other means, or you just, you know, backdash or whatever. They're not invincible, but it's, the concept's still the same. You'll get under the fireball, and then you gotta jump and punish for like big day like jump ins like max standard punish and you get v-meter for it fucking nuts uh, so they showed off a whole bunch of scrub killing tactics with blanca and at wso they also show off this fantastic costume it's plush it's lovable it's just eating up the internet right now it is it is good stuff i do love that costume i might have to spend actual real usd on that costume because everybody knows I have the best Blanca. Canonically, I have the best Blanca. Undefeated in the mirror match. People will confirm that. In tournament. People will confirm that. Don't worry. If you ask around, people will tell you. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but a lot of stuff to be gleaned from this. Uh, from the WSO sessions. Uh, it's a whole, basically, three hours of Blanca plays. So if you're excited for Blanca, or if you are worried about Blanca, uh, this might be something worth checking out. Uh, they show it off... Some things that, like people said, ah, his his hop's gonna be it's a whole bunch of garbage mess. Ah, it's gonna blow up people, and it's like, mm, it looks pretty slow. It looks pretty slow. I wouldn't be too worried about that. I think they dug through, I think Hatson dug through it and said it was about 30 frames uh, from start to finish, which, long time. You can react to 30 frames with a jab. I mean, come on, folks. That command grab, though, that might hop over Lowe's, that might be difficult, though. That might not be very fun to deal with, but we'll we'll cross that bridge whenever we come to it. Look, I'm looking forward to Blanca. I'm gonna check that dude out and at least get some people to hate me. Which actually, I'll bring this up again because it's something we brought up on this podcast that I don't think as many people hate Blanca as people are vocal about hating Blanca. He's one of the top. He's one of the top ten characters. He's one of the top ten most loved characters according to uh, Street Fighter poll. People love Blanca. He's fan. He's so lovable. Now he's plush and huggable and oh, this adorable little guy. Oh, look at those little motions, his little pants, his little plushy pants. Oh, he's so cute. His little buck teeth. Oh, he's adorable. I can't wait to body people with that costume and make them feel bad about themselves because that's what I'm all about with fighting games. Okay, enough of that one. Uh, we can get off Blanca, and I want to end on a better note speaking about scrub killing. How to get out of scrub. Scrub level. Uh, this was actually a post uh, written by someone who has gotten out of bronze that is now in silver. Which, to many people who are listening, to many people who, who play the game, they might think, I've been playing for a while, that's like, that's easy mode. Like, getting out of bronze, please. Remember, that's not always true of everybody. It can be... Learning fighting games can be a hard and arduous process, um, and you forget about a lot of things that you learned along the way, and how hard it was to get over those hurdles, and how hard it might be to overcome those hurdles in this game, where 
certain things might be easier for some players than they are for others. Damage comes thick and fast. Stun comes thick and fast, and you can lose around really quickly. And you can, like, you can really be put on tilt. That can really affect your ability to play consistently. And for newer players, that might be tough to get over. Uh, and with that, I think that there's there's some good things that newer players can glean from this one, or at least attach to, and think about not maybe not feel so bad that you're stuck in the position that you are to give you perspective of here's how I can plan my day or plan my training session to get out of bronze and silver and probably go on from there. Uh, but one thing I do want to point out is something that I think is, is a good thing how they, they end this post. Uh, again, this was post, I, I guess I didn't say in the beginning, uh, this was posted by DS Kwan, D S K W O N disc one. Disc one, ah, disc one. It's like a, it's like an old PlayStation era thing. When you remember, I changed discs for things. Nah, anyway, uh, ends it with this, with this bullet point. Uh, I just think to something that's fun to point out and good to point out. Almost every match is a learning experience, and it's amazing how much you have, how much you have to absorb, especially for someone new to Street Fighter. I tend to rewatch. The close matches and see where I wilted under pressure and occasionally watch a match against someone smurfing or are way out or way outranking me but I don't really learn much from those and it's just something to think like even though they're getting bodied by people even though they're running the smurf accounts which I suppose is still a thing that happened in this game they're trying to learn from it and always being in that mindset is something that you really have to take into fighting games. Even as in something that fighting games don't tell you is that you need to really put in a lot of effort before you even become mediocre. Or even begin to start understanding how fighting games work and even why you're losing. This is not really true of other genres, I think. It makes sense in like in shooters where, oh, I didn't shoot my opponent. Or maybe I was in the wrong place at the wrong. Maybe it was out in the open, not near cover. Or things that kind of naturally make sense, but like shooters of, oh, that's maybe why I died. They show you a kill cam of, oh, he was right there. That's how I died. Not necessarily true of fighting games. You always have to be in a position of being open to learn new things. This person was in that position and says, it's a good thing to do. Be in that position to learn. And I agree with that sen sentiment entirely. So if you are a, currently a bronze player or even a rookie player, just looking for some encouragement, go check out this post. It's good stuff. And I also encourage like top level people to always keep an open mind. Keeping an open mind in general is just a good thing to do when thinking about fighting games. I talked about that earlier about Sheldon's post and how thinking about the neutral can change. Even after years of, of playing the game, you might think about something different from you know, hearing someone speak on the neutral, or even listen to what Mago has to say about the neutral. It's all good stuff. Be a sponge. Anyway, that does it for all of the posts we're going to talk about in the normal part of the show and threads you might have missed over the week. Now getting to everyone, quickly becoming everyone's favorite, most hated segment, shit post of the week. That's right, folks. Time to get to what post was the shittiest post, shittiest shit post of the week. Could be a high effort shit post, could be a low effort shit post. We never know. How the dice rolls with the shitposts of the week. Now I know what you're thinking. Man, there was that whole Christine thing. That was pretty hot in the sub. I say no. Not gonna be that. 
not the shitpost of the week. Gotta be fair about that. Gotta hear, hear, hear what the guy has to say. So there's some truth in that. Speak truth, speak truth to power. Uh, Blanca. Joe, there's so much Blanca. So much Blanca to talk about. So many memes. It's We're thick with memes. I don't know what to do with all these memes. It's not Blanca. Someone out there really got to my heart. Someone posted a meme that spoke to me and hurt me deeply. My heart rended from my chest. This week's shit post of the week goes to Brutus. That's right, folks. Brutus. Lay Brutus. Lay underscore Brutus on Twitter. You piece of shit. <laughs> Posted a very spicy meme of Zangief's V Trigger 2. Shadow buff to Zangief's V Trigger 2. It's a game changer. And then it's, a, it's like a 10 second, 5 second video of Zangief popping V Trigger 2 and then turning into Abigail. And it just, it hurts my heart. Brutus, you turncoat motherfucker. How dare you? I loved you like son. And this is how you do me? This is what you do with my love, Brutus? Shit post of the week right there. I love you and I hate you at the same time. And this was the spiciest meme I saw all week. Even though there were so many, there were so many Blanca memes to talk about that. It's just, the market was saturated with Blanca memes. I had to bring a geef meme in there just to balance things out. Anyway, folks, that is the shit post of the week. And entering, now entering the final segment of the week. A little bit of fun. Speaking of a meme match, uh, the final segment is always a FGC history match. We pull something from the history books and say, this is the match we can talk about this week. Uh, might just touch on it briefly. You might get into details of how it works. Probably going to touch on this one briefly because we're bumping up against an hour time limit right now. That's where I like to keep things, but it's all my pipes can take, folks. My goodness. Uh, so this match. We're going all the way back to uh, 2011. Canada Cup. Super Street Fighter 4. That's right. Grand Finals with Air versus Justin Wong. If you guys remember this one or are not familiar with it, uh, Air is a Ryu player. Has been for a very long time. He mained Ryu basically throughout the entire series for the entire run of that game. Uh, very strong player from Vancouver. Uh, I believe he also runs a restaurant in Vancouver, uh, which... I just got to remind myself to get out to you. Uh, regardless, uh, chose air, but then Justin, at the character select screen, in grand finals, chose Dan, who was historically and still kind of is, I haven't looked at a Street Fighter 4 tier list in a while, I wonder where the meta is on that game, uh, widely uh, accepted as the worst character in the game, Dan, against a fairly good shadow at the time, which is Ryu. Uh, Dan can have trouble with that because he cannot win the fireball war. His fireball is not good and was not good in this version of the game because his hurtbox was like, was way far out there. It was like out there before the, it was well far beyond his wrist before the projectile was even active. So it was a bad situation um, and it went nowhere. He had a projectile that went inches from his fists kind of fun actually uh i'm just what you might know about my, what you might not know about me is that i am a dan apologist i actually actually love dan uh dan can do things he can fight he's not a completely broke ass character he's not very good uh but he does have a particular tool set that while maybe not the best in the game 
Like, he's got some interesting pokes. His ultra's okay. Uh, he has the ability to end something that we actually see in this match. This is kind of, uh, maybe we'll, I'll stop myself from talking about the pinnacle of where this set goes. But Justin Wong chooses Dan and actually goes two up against Air in Grand Finals. He eventually does switch off of Dan after he loses the set uh, to Makoto and then eventually to Akuma. Uh, loses the the whole set entirely, but which is like is weird to me because he went two up with Dan and then s lost one and switched and then ended up losing the whole thing. Let's go, go with what works, man. Go with God. Go with Dan. Uh, go with that Psycho style. Uh, and it, when he chose Dan, uh, the commentators even talk about this. Uh, that Dan has that surprise factor that. Not a lot of people played Dan. A whole hell of a lot. Like, I can think of, like, two actual Dan mains. And, well, I knew more than two, but, like, two, like, well-renowned Dan mains in Street Fighter IV uh, that weren't a, just a joke or pick him as a joke. But in this situation, he picks Dan, and Air's no chump. Like, very strong player. Uh, did a whole guide for Ryu. Was very knowledgeable about the game. Uh, but still, even with that... Uh, Justin Wong was able to pull off some good wins, some like pretty commanding wins with Dan. He's got some good pokes. Stand medium kicks, pretty good. Scratching medium kicks isn't terrible. He can convert off of it, uh, which then leads into one of the best moments, uh, maybe in this whole tournament uh, that year. I can't cup was when. So we might not know about Dan is that he can cancel. Uh, I guess in this game, another thing I have to talk about is that you actually can't cancel. Uh, Normals uh, or a lot of a lot of times specials into ultras. Ultras dealt dealt whole lot of damage, big damage off of an ultra. Uh, but what you can do sometimes, uh, in the case of uh, there are some instances of it, but for the, just for the most part, let's say if you're not familiar with the game, what Dan can do is that if he has full super, he can cancel a normal into his super taunt. And then immediately cancel his super taunt into ultra. Uh, and it's one of those things where you know Dan can do it. It's one of the few characters who can cancel a, a super into an ultra. I think the other one is Cody. I think back about how this game works. But regardless of who else can do it, Dan can do it. And the super doesn't hit because it's a taunt. And you cancel it immediately. It's as soon as you can after the, the flash is, is done playing out. Cancels crouching medium kick into super taunt into ultra for the kill. Uh, it's the highlight of the match. It's probably the highlight of the tournament. It's one of those things that just you'll never forget when you see it. Does it in grand finals even against a dude like Air who is is a threat with Ryu? Uh, but it's a fun tournament. It's a fun match. Uh, recommend checking that one out. Uh, maybe if you love a little bit of Dan hijinks and want to learn how to play the character. You don't want to watch this to learn how to play a character, but there are much better Dan's to watch than this to actually learn how to play a Dan. And also this is super and Dan got some actually pretty interesting buffs in the last version of Ultra. Uh, Dan's cool. I like Dan a lot. I like his Dan kicks. They can be a fucking threat. Uh, but the uh, the last thing I actually want to point, about, point out about this that I actually didn't know until I looked back at this video and thought, oh, goddamn, like, hell yeah. It's been around for a while. Uh, this stream was put on by Vesper Arcade. Think about that. That's, that's pretty cool shit. 
like when you think, oh man, someone's just popular now for this game. You think, no, man, there's been years of work put into fighting games before you even might have known who this person was. I talk about Vesper Arcade a lot on the show, but uh, just thinking about, you know, where that person is now and where they were before. Uh, it's good to see or track back someone's FGC roots and see something like this just show up on a match like this. It's funny. Maybe maybe go at him on Twitter or find his YouTube channel and say, hey, you remember when this happened on your stream? That's pretty, that's pretty funny. Uh, I might do the same. In fact, I know I'm going to talk to him after after this show, after when this posts. Just be like, hey, man, you remember when that happened on, on your stream? It's just good to good FGC camaraderie well anyway with that folks that's a show that's gonna do it I'm gonna go check on my dog and make sure everything's on the up and up uh, because things were things were kind of a mess here when I got home felt bad for the little guy just my heart just melts for him my heart melts for you too folks because happy Valentine's Day and happy Valentine's Day to anyone who celebrates Valentine's Day after actual Valentine's Day or treats themselves to all the free candy uh is basically free when you go to like the your Target or your your Walmart. You walk in there and say, your, your Kroger's, your Walgreens, what have you, your CVS. Uh, walk in there and say, oh man, so much Valentine's Day candy for like basically free. If that's how you want to live your life and you know eat down that depression, you go right ahead, folks. I'm not gonna judge you. I encourage it. In fact. That's the show, folks. That'll do it. Uh, again, this has been RSF Radio, and we run this show every, basically every Thursday. Again, this one, again, sorry, this one's a little bit late, but again, break, of course, takes precedence, obviously. Uh, and you can catch me at Super Joe Monday on Twitter or at, uh, Joe underscore Monday on the sub. Uh, and Or you could just follow the our street fighter twitter account proper which is reddit sf so that's at, at reddit sf on twitter if you want to check all the hottest block blanca memes that's really gonna be posted folks trust me on that one i got my my meme guy working over quasimodo x is working overtime on the blanca memes trust me on that one folks we'll see all the hottest memes uh that's where you gotta go and that's the show folks so we will see you again next week on another edition of rsf radio take care folks